Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can we build a conspiracy of communication to improve our relationships? Dr. Dave Smolin, a communications expert, says we can and we should. He tells us how to do it right here, right now on Polly Campbell. Simply said. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And I think, and it's not just me, I mean, research has well documented this, that one of the most important things we can do in life, one of the most important things we must do to live a healthy and fulfilling life is to connect deeply with others, to interact and communicate in meaningful ways that are not only fulfilling for us, but satisfying and supportive uh, of the people we're talking to, the people we're interacting with, those we care about. And I don't know about you, but for me, this is often one of the most difficult things I do. I'm always looking for insights and information on how to do this better. It's complicated because humans are complex and dynamic individuals right but we also bring our own moods and attitudes and beliefs into those conversations and sometimes we can get in our own way of connecting in a deep way despite our best intentions we can really mess this up and i'm speaking by experience and also you know i've also been hurt by the attempts of others who were well-intentioned and trying to help me so today I want to get into all of this. So I called in the expert. Dr. Dave Smolin is here to help us learn about human interaction and give us some tips about how we can become a better connector in our own lives. Dr. Smolin is a research psychologist with a focus on studying and communicating about human connection and relationships. He's also a writer and his research has been published in academic journals such as the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships and the Journal of Family Psychology. And he writes for the Psychology Today blog, A Shared Existence. And Dave Smolin, I found you in the magazine too. I read your great article in a recent edition of Psychology Today and it's titled, I'm your partner and I'm here to help. And I thought, dang it, I need to talk to this guy because I need help. Welcome to the show, Dave. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. You know, one thing you write in your blog and in this article, you refer to it too. You say meaningful and, and important conversations aren't always joyful or easy, but that doesn't mean they can't be valuable. How... Tell me what we're talking about. They don't always have to feel good to matter in our lives. Tell me about that. Yeah. So the 
my approach to sort of considering our meaningful conversations, our moments of meaningful connection is, um, so it's, it's been a journey for me sort of as my, uh, as my area of research, because I came to it with a sort of sense that maybe there's some specific kinds of ways that are just reliable to connect. I can totally relate to you in that it's, it's, there's, it's no, there's no easy um, script for connection all the time. Um, it's a really complicated thing when you have two people together with different perceptions of the world, different thoughts in their mind, different life stories, um, and different feelings, and you're in different contexts whenever you connect. So things are always changing. Um, and um, so my approach to meaningful connections has become pretty expansive in that there's all sorts of um, studies in the psychological literature uh, that measure our level of feeling connected to somebody or feeling like we're having a meaningful interaction or a meaningful conversation. And these, uh, these can range from moments of just deep emotional intimacy, what I would call like the quintessential heart to heart, where we are opening up our vulnerable insides, um, metaphorically our, our hearts to another person and they're responding with understanding, with validation, with care. Um, and those those are kinds of kind of the I think often the sort of conversation that people think about when we think about feeling connected to someone in a meaningful conversation. But when I uh, ask people in their daily lives about what uh, what kinds of experiences you know I usually say recently in the last couple of days or last couple of weeks, um, uh, tell me about a time when you felt connected with someone. Often, what I hear about um, are moments of deep laughter or somebody saying something, you know, to an, like somebody sort of um, validating or showing gratitude or expressing affection in a way that isn't necessarily deeply vulnerable, but it's just, it's just really, you know, kind and makes somebody feel, mm -hmm. um, feel connected. And there's also um, the way we support each other is really important for um, these, these moments. And especially these support conversations can be really difficult if we're uh, in a moment where we're feeling, you know, sad, angry, anxious, and another person shows up for us, um, you know, either with emotional support where they, they step in and, and help us feel comforted or, you know, even practical support where they just help us sort of take care of the kinds of things, um, you know, <laughs> just very tangible things like, like help us make dinner or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, those are, those might be really painful experiences um, of difficult emotions, but we feel deeply appreciative and we feel connected to another person. So um, we can walk out of some of those difficult moments then feeling good about ourselves and feeling good about our relationship with that person in that moment, but we might not feel like happy about what's going on or happy about there's, so there's value in just the good coming together then. Yeah. And, you know, I think the the nature of meaningfulness, when we talk about meaningful conversations is, you know, what is meaningful? The literature, the sort of psychological researchers really kind of, they look at meaning uh, right now that the definitions have changed, but the kind of state of the art is, you know, we feel something is meaningful when we feel like things make sense in our world. Mm. Um, we feel we have a sense of purpose, sort of we're aligned with our goals. And I think a huge part of it is we feel like we matter. And there's tons of ways we can feel like we matter 
um, you know, supporting another person, you know, we might think, oh, somebody shows up for me when I'm struggling and I feel like I matter. But we also really feel like we matter when we are able to effectively show up for another person when they're, um, you know, experiencing stress or, or, you know, a moment when they need support. What does that look, what is effective showing up? What, what would that look like? Yeah. So it's, um, I think this is sort of the heart of where it gets really complicated. And, um, when we, when we have a moment and this, I think is especially, um, key in, you know, the kinds of relationships like, you know, family relationships or close friendships where, um, you know, we're going to be with each other in all kinds of moments that are easy and difficult, um, you know, where we've slept enough or not. Uh, And so being effective in our support, we would, you know, generally think that that's when, if, if I feel somebody has been effective in support to me, usually I'd feel that they, you know, understood what I was going through. Um, they sort of valued and respected my experience and they and they seem to care about me. And the tricky part is that is in my own brain. Mm-hmm. So somebody might, I might come to somebody stressed about a problem and they may help me solve that problem. But I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I don't perceive that they really understood or they cared about it, I might not feel supported. Um, and what I talked about in the Psychology Today article that was it's in the latest uh, issue of the magazine is that one common issue that shows up is, especially in intimate relationships, um, close relationships, um, we uh, often might be seeking just emotional validation or emotional support. Say we come home from work, we feel stressed about something that happened and we just kind of want to share about it and vent. And maybe our partner or our friend or our parent, um, you know, really wants to help genuinely. And they have suggestions maybe about how we could solve that issue. If it's something, say, with a supervisor, like, oh, this, you could talk to them this way or, you know, something like that advice, which is really well intended. um, But really what that person who had the struggle in their day is hoping for is emotional support. So wanting to feel comforted, feel heard, um, feel like their experience, you know, makes sense as valid. And so they can feel invalidated when somebody just says, oh, I have a suggestion for you. You could do this. You could do this. I think we've all been in situations like that. Um, And so that's where it can be really tricky. And there's several kinds of support that researchers tend to look at. You know, it's kind of like you could come up with any kind of nuance uh, and category of support, but we tend to think of emotional support, which is that, you know, showing up, helping somebody regulate their emotions, um, tangible support, or it's called instrumental support sometimes. That's doing something? Doing something tangible, making dinner, driving somebody to the doctor, okay. um, you know, fixing a light bulb, whatever it is. And then there can be inf- informational support, which is, um, you know, advice giving or, you know, we're always humans are just constantly sharing information. And, you know, that's the nature of podcasts himself is, is a mm-hmm. lot of informational support. Um, and it's vital. It's, um, I think uh, that it can sort of, you know, get, get tricky around that moment when somebody really wants to take care of their own 
own emotional struggles um, or they want help with their emotional struggles, but maybe want to take care of their own own mm-hmm. problem and solve their own issue. I um, marked I marked in the magazine when you wrote about the fixer because I've been both the fixer at inopportune moments mm-hmm. and I've been both on the other end of that when I just needed to go off and I needed somebody to sit there. And I always feel bad after I've blown that with a friend or with my husband or daughter or whatever when when and yet like you said it's well intentioned like I want to help so is there a time to know what people need or how to supply what they do i need to ask when i'm in the other in the reverse area do i need to say hey today i just need you i just need to vent or how do we breach that yeah um so people are you know this the nature of our psychology is that we are generally not um not as good mind readers as we might think. Um, and, you know, it takes, it takes a lot to get on the same page sometimes. Um, and it's, it's, um, you know, I think what's been useful for me, and I think is useful, uh, you know, it's always useful to have, um, have sort of an open dialogue about these kinds of things. And what I found so helpful sort of from my own research and, you know, building off of these, you know, decades of research that have identified these different kinds of support and different kinds of ways that we connect. um, What's been so useful about that is I have sort of these uh, kind of bookmarked in my head about of this, you know, okay, this kind of support might be useful. Now this other kind of support might be useful. And I have a language to talk with others about it. And so getting a shared language sort of with the people that we tend to be in supportive relationships with, um, I find can be really useful because then we can say like, like, oh, you know, actually like I just, you know, and you know, no, no judgment, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like oh, I appreciate that. Like, actually I was just looking for, you know, some emotional comfort right now or, oh, I just, yeah, I really wanted to share about how I was feeling. Um, cause we can get on the other side too, where we're maybe sort of trying to check our own impulses to be, um, to be, you know, fixing, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I'm, I'm a new dad and all I'm doing with my son is just trying to, <laughs> trying to sort of solve whatever little, uh, he's just starting to crawl. So whatever little, you know, predicament he gets himself into. Oh, it gets harder that I'm asking specifically with my daughter, who's a teenager and she'll come home and tell me that it's the end of the world. And I, I don't want her to have that pain. Right. I want to, I want to rebuild her life for, and she'll tell me all the time, I'm just venting because I can do that with you. So I'm learning just to sit in that, but that can be difficult, right? That cause, cause I want to take her pain. So the way I do that is solve the problem. Right. And it can be really vulnerable to just like, I mean, both vulnerable and, and also like, like we have to sort of, it, you know, you know, like the, the, we have to sort of sit with our impulse uh, mm-hmm. to, we might like really want to jump in and help. And we really have an idea that we want to share and to sit with that impulse. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's like what, you know, we can check ourselves with the fixing too. And, then we might not step in sometimes. And, you know, when somebody really does need that kind of help. So I think it's important to sort of, you know, not assume that uh, offering informational support, trying to help someone solve their problems or offering suggestions is um, not supportive when they're having a struggle that's Mm -hmm. sort of emotional. It just really helps first, I think, to 
I, my sort of framework with this is people, uh, all of us, when we are, uh, you know, have our, you know, arousal system, our, our, uh, our nervous system is mm -hmm. in a state of fight, flight, freeze, excitement, whatever, um, we need help sort of regulating. Mm -hmm. And so like a big part of how we regulate is through social connection. It's just an amazing tool to help us feel grounded, um, you know, at a biological level, but that's our emotional mm -hmm. level too is. And so um, often first helping to regulate the emotions, which a lot of times is just about listening and just about validating people's experiences. Um, and, you know, offering a hug, you know, offering encouragement. After that, um, we can say, hey, I have some ideas. <laughs> Do you want to hear them? Okay, right. Um, and so, because it's, it's, it's important, you know, it's important, I think, to, to not lose ourself there, too, because we have a, we have a natural impulse that we want to help. And we're part of this, this connection, too. Um, mm -hmm. And I think another, a, a part of the framework for me about connecting with others is that it is always going to be messy and so we might step on step on each other's toes um but finding our way through really ends up building trust because we can say oh like we got a little off kilter here we sort of got a little disconnected or maybe we got you know a little at odds or we were misaligned but we find our way back and we do that again and again and again in our relationships. And that's part of what builds a sort of strong sense of connection and attachment in relationships. So it's okay to be messy. I love that. I have some things that are really sticking with me. We're going to take a break. I want to come back and share with you what those are. And we can go through that a little more right here on Polly Campbell, Simply Said with Dr. Dave Smullen. We're talking about human connection and interaction. It's complicated and messy, as Dave says but it's important that we do it for ourselves and the other. We're gonna talk about it more right here on Polly Campbell Simply Said on the best business network of Electric House. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And we are back. I am Polly, and you're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And that really comes down a lot of times to how well we connect communicate, interact with each other. Both those people that we have known for years that we're in close relationships with and those that we interact with on a daily basis, maybe at the bank or your child's school or whatever it is, because it's the quality of our connection that really determines 
how well we navigate the ups and downs of our lives, I think. And we're here with Dr. Dave Smolin. Dave, a couple of things that stuck with me before we went to the break that I really liked is, is some of this is, much of this is my responsibility, even when I'm not the one coming to the group. Like I'm coming in, my daughter's venting. I can take the responsibility to listen, but then still support in the way that I know is love, but it's about checking in, right? So it's about me saying, Hey, I just need to vent today. I don't need to fix it. Just sit with me. Or it's about me listening as, as the listener and the supporter and, and sitting back and say, I hear you and, and doing that. And then coming and say, I have some thoughts about this. If you want to talk about it more, but we need to give and take them because if she says no, that's no, right? We, we need to communicate about our communication. Yeah. I mean, that's, I love that. It's this communicating about our communication. And that is, I think, just really key for all kinds of relationships that we are going to get, you know, into the sort of prickly thorny areas of life with. What you write about is a lot of human interaction, how mm -hmm. we show up physically, how we give a hug or do the dishes, or it's it's about all the things around our words too, it sounds like. Is that true? Yeah. So there's there's a big difference. Um, you know, there's there's well, there's studies that that are, you know, have been coming out in the last 10 years that um are showing that that e even in microseconds in sort of the time timing of our verbal responses in our um that we can read and infer you know if somebody is microseconds later in their response we might think they might be hedging or disagree with us or something like that um and the case might be that they are you know maybe a little distracted or maybe mm -hmm. they just you know they're thinking about it really really thoughtfully um so you know there's all these like aspects of body posture, speed of our language, our tone of voice. Mm. Um, and connections also happen in, um, you know, there's, there's, I think, you know, there's, you know, sort of a cultural sort of concern about technology and connection. And there's a lot of that, I think, like, but we are able to have meaningful connections online. I remember how mm. often think about a uh, person I was interviewing and I was interviewing people sort of trying to get an expansive picture of their, you know, everyday kind of moments of connection. And we talked about him sending memes via text with his wife all day while they're at work and just feeling so connected because it really showed that she under, you know, reminded him that she cared about him mm -hmm. and that they have a shared sense of humor. And it was just fun. And that's where sort of these joyful connections, I think, can be really um, powerful. These just little moments, these real jolts of joy. Um because, you know, even though we're talking about how meaningful moments of connection aren't always joyful, sharing yeah. joy and positivity um, is actually a really great means to connect. Um, so, yeah, there's there's an ex there's a whole kind of um, like I like to think of sort of there's these all these ways of connection that um, that are sort of fit into specific moments. And mm -hmm. so if we I think there's a, you know, like. There's a lot, I think, culturally right now um, for people who are sort of tuned into sort of mental health and and there's a lot about being vulnerable. And I think that often translates to a kind of the emotional intimacy, heart to heart kind of conversation and feeling that we need to really 
you know, have these conversations where we d- disclose our deepest self and really show up for each other. And well, those, and, and that's why I was going to ask you what vulnerability is in, in terms of that. Is it sharing our emotions? Is it sharing ideas? Is it crying together? All of it? Yeah, it could be all of it because <laughs> like, like what is vulnerability? It's, um, you know, a moment where we feel like we could be, you know, I think, you know, a ter- you know, vulnerability is often used in, in, you know, other ways in terms of like, uh, the vulnerability of a security system for an, a website or something like that. So if we think about that, like what would be feel threatening emotionally to us or to our mm. sense of self, um, that might feel. So for some of us, we're really open about our personal lives, like sharing a really struggle, big struggle in our lives. Life might not feel vulnerable mm-hmm. um, sharing, uh, but maybe if we like aren't very comfortable, say, joking around or something like that maybe telling a joke might feel really vulnerable Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh what if people don't get this or don't laugh um you know or vice versa we might just be like oh I'm people can laugh or not I don't care but it's really you know sharing anything personal feels Mm -hmm. scary um so vulnerability I think is sort of a slide there's a sliding scale there and what uh what could feel like we're exposed and when emotional intimacy happens it tends to be where we share about our personal lives, um, you know, at whatever level is sort of, you know, ticking that box of like, okay, this is a little like personal, maybe it's not like, like, um, you know, like terrifying um, to share, but it's a little personal and somebody shows up with understanding, care um, Mm -hmm. and validation. Um, Then we sort of know that, like I was talking about before, going through these messy moments, we know that that person oh, this person will show up and this will person, you know, I can share my deepest self or at least this corner of my deepest self and they're there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we build trust and then we also are, you know, led into this corner of somebody else's life. And if, there's a writer who uh, called it a uh, conspiracy. We're in a conspiracy because we know sort of each other's uh, secrets in a way. Uh, but oh. we're in a conspiracy together, like with my husband or my friend, or ah, I like that mm-hmm. idea. It yeah. makes you feel kind of special, like special to us, you know? Yeah. And I think that's part of why we don't need to necessarily be, you know, I think I worry about there's being sort of this, like face every fear, be vulnerable all the time. Like, like it's like when we're vulnerable with maybe just a few people in our lives and you know, we tend to, when researchers look at how many different kinds of relationships people have, we tend to have, you know, only so many, you know, single digits amount of people we're very intimate with emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we don't need to be always opening up in those ways. So there's these other ways of connection that are, you know, like, like, okay, I have this friend and I, maybe I can like, you know, help them move or something like that. And we're going to like joke around and have a meal or something and, you know, do this, this experience together. Or maybe there's this person at the gym who I like, i like to work out with. Um, but we don't really, we only really talk about gym stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that's okay. Those are connections and we, we can notice when we feel connected in those ways. Um, so I also sort of want to, you know, take off the pressure to be vulnerable all the time. Mm -hmm. Think about when is it, when is it going to be useful for, for me to share, Mm -hmm. um, or go, you know, go to that, that extra, go to that extra challenging emotional spot. Well, I think you have job security because (laughs) I think there's so much to know about this and think about it. My brain is buzzing because really, yeah, it's about um, sharing ourselves 
as kind of a testament to trust in our relationships that I'm, I'm going to give you this part, I'm going to tell you this thing, or I'm going to make your lunch. Today, I, I made my husband's lunch. And I used to do that all the time. And then we had kids and the whole thing. And I was reminded again how for him, that is a loving interaction. For me, it's just getting lunch out, right? Mm -hmm. But but sometimes uh, it's, I think it's good to sit back and be a little reflective. What is what does it mean to him and what does it mean to me and how can we support each other in those ways i love that dave this yeah. is a great conversation i i want to have you back i want to go on with this because i think it's it's big stuff but yeah. in, in the short run where can we find more of your work and and find it find your other writings and your blog and all of that stuff yeah so just um my website is dave um and i have my uh my you know, links to my blog posts and ever other articles there, as well as my research articles, which um, are are a little more, you know, technical. So I'm working on really writing a lot of blogs to translate sort of that information. Um, and yeah, you can feel free to reach out to me there too. And Yes, go read the blog. It's on Psychology Today, or go to Dave's website and link to it there. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. I learned a lot. And I'll continue this conversation too a little bit on my polycampbell.substack.com and I'll put links to uh, Dave's blog there. So go join me at simply said column at polycampbell.substack.com and we'll keep finding all kinds of ways to connect and interact because honestly, I think we have learned over the last few years, if never before, it's really the only thing that's going to keep us going, that's going to keep us healthy, keep us engaged in the world is each other. We can help each other and learn to do better and support each other that way. So Dave, thanks for the message and the ideas. Um, and thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. I loved it. We'll talk again. And I think listeners, as we go forward in the week, let's think about the kind of support we need in our interactions and communications. Can we be vulnerable in our own way and say, hey, right now what I need from you is this. Can you help me with the dishes? Or can you sit there and hold my hand and listen to me vent or whatever? Because I think that's a vulnerability too, don't you, Dave? Like oh telling people what we need? Absolutely. I think, you know, it's it's when we are in a moment of need, it's 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 especially scary, um, and especially I think in our intimate relationships to to say when I ask for this, is this going to be, you know, is this going to be met? And I think mm -hmm. you know, depending on our history of relationships, that might be more or less an area where we might struggle with yeah. with trust or you know what might be possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's give it a try. I think this is a, a way for us to start by reflecting on what we need from those relationships. And then we can take it further and think about how we can support through communication and interaction. When we do that, we will all live well, do good and be happy. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your hosts for The, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one -on -one with a band who has released new music. 
You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.